Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Vaughn with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Coming to you live today from Daytona Beach, Florida. Good to have everyone here today. This is our live expository teaching in the Word of God, and we're currently studying in the book of Romans. If you haven't been with us in a while, we've actually been kind of out for the last couple of weeks uh, doing and preparing for... Uh, Outreaches and preaching the, the gospel and, and just returning back from kind of a two-week hiatus on our program. But good to have everyone back here today on February 11th and for our continuation in the study of Book of, book of Romans. Uh, the Raven Institute is an outreach ministry of Raven Ministries International. If you want more information on the ministry of Raven Ministries, you can go to our website at www.biggrace.com, www.biggrace.com, and find out more information about Raven Ministries and the on going ministry that we do not only just here in our home base in Daytona Beach, Florida, but throughout the United States, Canada, and rapidly going beyond our borders and the North American continent as well. We'd love you to, to check into that and let us know what you're doing and what God is doing in your life. If you've got something planned um, that we could be of a help or assistant to, we'd love to get involved with what you're doing as well. If you need someone to come and to help train people, or if you just need some boots on the ground, so to speak, to come and assist in, in winning people in the kingdom. That's what we are all about. And so, once again, go to our website there that Deb put up on the screen, biggrace.com, and find out what's going on in that. Also, in our teaching, we, uh, we will close out at the top of the hour. If you have any questions or comments, please, if you would, hold those off until the top of the hour. And I will stick around and answer any of your questions for as long as you would like, or Deb will post a phone number on the screen immediately following the program. That just keeps the banter down and keeps the distractions down, and it kind of keeps us focused on the teaching that is at hand. And like I said, we're studying the book of Romans. We are in the ninth chapter as we continue today from our, um, uh, like I said, our, our, our previous teaching. And we're going to be looking at primarily verses 27 and 28 of Romans chapter 9. So you can begin to, to prepare there as, uh, to prepare, go there as we begin to pray this morning. Um, we just believe that God is doing some miraculous things, and we've been seeing some tremendous things happening over the last few weeks, and really over the course of uh, uh, the, the last year. I believe, what is it today? Class 130, 137, nearly 140 hours of teaching on the book of Romans. But if you have not been here with us, you can actually go to our website, biggrace.com, and click on Raven Magazine, and you'll see that we have those classes available for absolute free download in MP3 format. Uh, for you uh, to take and burn onto a disc or put on your MP3 player or your iPod or whatever it is and have those available to you. So we want to make those available for you to go back and, and listen to those things and burn them, uh, share them with someone else. I think that's such a good idea is to, to take that word and invest it into someone else's life as well. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this day. And Lord God, we just thank you for an opportunity to once again come together. I just thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord God, that are here with us uh, live this morning and those that will be joining us on a delayed broadcast, our friends and other countries, uh, people like Pastor Aziz, Lord God, from Pakistan, who's just uh, faithfully, Lord God, preaching the gospel in the streets in that city, Lord Jesus. And our, our pastor friends from, from various other places across the, the world that are taking, Lord God, these studies and utilizing them to, to train and equip their leaders as well, Lord God, as, as we, we really press into these last days before the return of your son, Jesus. And so, Father, we just ask today, Lord God, that you would be with us and that you'd keep us, Lord God, that you would open our eyes, Lord God, that we'd be able to see, that we'd be, Lord God, Acts 17, 11, and Berean-like people, Lord God, who receive the word readily, but we search the scriptures to see if it's so. We just ask, Lord God, for your power and your majesty, Lord God, to be revealed through your word. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that this isn't just dead, Lord God, uh, words printed on a page, Lord God. We can look at the word. We can look at all 
Uh, 1,189 chapters. We can look at all 31,101 verses of Scripture, Lord God, and we see the truth and the continuity, Lord God, that is throughout these 66 books of, 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 of that we... Put, that, that you put together and you called the, the canon of Scripture, your, your book, your Bible, Lord God. And we, we know, Lord God, that there is a truth, Lord God, that's resounding. You're desiring, Lord God, to extract through the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord God, the, the, the deep truths of your Word, Lord God, in this last hour, because we're going to need those. And we just ask today in the name of Jesus that your Word would come alive to us, Lord God. We would see it, Lord God, as, as, as you've spoken it, Lord God. It would become rhema to us. It would become a living Word, Lord God. It would change and challenge and transform us, Lord God. God, in everything that we say and do, that we would hide that word in our heart, Lord God, that we would not sin against you. We just ask you, Lord God, to just fill us with the wisdom and understanding, Lord God, to, to hear and receive your word, Lord God. And, and I just pray, Lord God, for the ability to speak it and articulate it, Lord God, in a, in a, in a, in a manner, Lord God, that's understandable, Lord God, and, and functional, Lord God, to those that receive it in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, we ask today, Lord God, that you would just search us, search our hearts and minds. Lord God, if there be anything wicked within us, Lord God, anything that would impede, Lord God, our, our ability, Lord God, to discern spiritual things spiritually, Lord God. Lord God, we know that this is not a flesh battle, Lord God, but this is a spiritual battle that we're in. And we know that this word, Lord God, cannot be understood or ascertained, Lord God, by the natural man or the natural intellect, Lord God. It's got to be revealed to us through the Spirit of God. And we, we thank you, Lord God, that the word shows us, Lord God, in John 14, John 16, John 20, Lord God. It's the Spirit, Lord God, that the comforter that's been sent, Lord God, to, to comfort us and to lead us and guide us into all truth. And Lord God, you said when we know the truth, Lord God, that it will make us free. We're asking for a freedom to know you, a freedom to seek you, Lord God, a freedom to press into your presence, Lord God, a freedom, Lord God, to, to be and do all those things that you have called and instructed us to do through your word, Lord Jesus. And we just ask today, Lord God, that you just be with us. You'd anoint this time of, of fellowship in your word, Lord God, of, of coming together, Lord God, to, to know you in a more deep and intimate way. And Father, I just pray for those that have been sick in body, Lord God, those that, even those that have been involved in our outreach this past week in New Orleans, Lord God, that have come off the battlefield, Lord God, as, as wounded soldiers and, and casualties, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just pray against all sickness and disease. And Lord God, I'm praying, Lord God, right now for everyone that is down, Lord God, with the flu or colds or, or whatever it might be that's affecting them physically. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that beyond uh, 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 borders, Lord God, beyond time zones, that today, right now, in the name of Jesus, that your hand, which is not short and concerned, Lord God, according to the prophet Isaiah, would reach down and touch and heal. Lord God, that right now you'd begin to obliterate, Lord God, all the infections, Lord God, the things that the enemy would send upon your people, Lord God, who have been out laboring in the harvest fields. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that strength, Lord God, and virtue would come on their bodies, Lord God, even like the woman that, that had those, that issue of blood for those many years that, that pressed through the crowd. Lord God, we, for those that can't press through themselves today, Lord God, we press through for them in the name of Jesus. Lord God, those that can't pray for themselves, we pray for them. When we stand in the gap, Lord God, according to 1 Samuel chapter 16, Lord God, we go out and we do battle. Lord God, in Jesus' name, as champions, Lord God, of righteousness and champions of faith for them. And we just ask right now, Lord God, that you would just cause, Lord God, strength, Lord God, and virtue and life and healing, Lord God, to be visited upon your people, Lord God. We just pray, Lord God, for those that have come under other types of attacks, Lord God, beyond the, the physical realm, Lord God, uh, uh, physical, financial, Lord God, psychological, spiritual, whatever it might be, Lord God. We just pray, Lord God, for breakthrough right now in Jesus' name, that you would just, Lord God, destroy the works of the adversary, because the Word says that when 
the enemy comes in like a flood, that you'll raise up a standard against him. And I thank you, Lord God, that the standard was established, Lord God, 2,000 years ago on Golgotha's Hill, Lord God, when your son Jesus, Lord God, hung, bled, and died, Lord God. Then three days later, he rose, Lord God, from the dead. I thank you that the standard is Jesus, that he is the resurrection and the life. And Lord God, we just ask that that same spirit that we've studied even in Romans chapter 8, that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead, that dwells in us, Lord God, it will quicken our mortal bodies. And we're asking for a quickening, Lord God, to come right now. Quickening in our bodies, quickening in our spirit, quickening in our, our, in our understanding of your word, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We thank you for it. Amen, 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 and amen. Praise be unto Jesus. Pastor Meredith, good to have you today. Uh, some of you have been listening to us live. Pastor Meredith, uh, who heads up Raven Fairfield, uh, he and his wife and, and, and family and children are going to be traveling actually to China, I believe this coming um, Wednesday, and they're going to be in China, uh, mainland China, for two weeks. They're going in to uh, pick up their baby daughter that they've adopted, and uh, they're going to be there for two weeks, and uh, we're just, we just need to really continue to keep them up in prayer uh, the, the next couple of weeks, that God will just give them tremendous opportunity, that, uh, that, that not only they're going to go get their baby, but man, they're, they're going to go, and her little Laura Lindsay.blogspot.com. you can go see it, and you can actually follow the... Uh, the, the progress on their trip. So just keep them in prayer, and we'll we'll begin to we'll mention that every day of our of our uh, uh, class the next two weeks as well, Pastor Meredith, and just lift you guys up in prayer that uh, that everything would go off without a hitch, and that the enemy would not be able to circumvent the the plan to bring uh, uh, Lara home, and also that God would just give you opportunities to to speak the word. Uh, you know, you're only going to be there two weeks, but I'm praying that God is going to just give you a, an appointment with someone that's going to change that communist nation for the cause of Christ. Maybe it's just you putting a, a simple uh, track in someone's hand in the, in the Chinese or the Mandarin language or whatever it may be and, and see their lives change. And we'll hear testimonies later on of people's uh, of revival breaking loose in Beijing or in, in some other uh, city there in China. But we just want to lift you up in prayer that God has sent you out as our missionary into, into the communist country of China, that God will use you and your family in a tremendous way as a testimony of Jesus and His power to save, restore, store and and deliver so we're, we're, we're proud of you guys and we're blessed by uh your willingness to go and to be a father to the fatherless in that as well and so we just pray for god's blessing upon you and his strength and uh and health on you i know that uh, uh i think uh john Lindsay was uh their little boy was sick this past week and and just believing that there's a healing coming on for him as well and that that whole family stays uh, strong in the lord and the power of his might and we're just going to pray that God will continue to keep you and encourage you in that trip. Uh, folks, if you're joining us today and um, for the first time, once again, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. And we just got back. We've been out for two weeks solid because our team was, was preparing for and conducting our uh, 12th annual outreach uh, in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. We began taking teams in there in 1996, and God has really used that as just an instrument of, of great revival, for I believe, in people's lives. But not only that, but just transformation in those that have participated in it over the years. It's just amazing as I hear uh, just testimonies of, uh, of what God has done in challenging people to go back into their cities and communities and preach the gospel. And so I want to invite you uh, to, you can, go to, you can go to our website, biggrace.com, and click on Mardi Gras Outreach. There's going to be some upcoming uh, uh, pictures and some testimonies that are going to be on our website. They're not there today, but they will be in there in the next few days as we uh, kind of get settled down and unloaded and unpacked and, and get some of that information out there to you. But uh, 
encourage you to go and pray about being a part of our outreach next year. And you don't have to wait to be a part of that outreach. Throughout the year, we're doing things in all in communities all across the United States. Got a few big things coming up. We're going to be uh, working Bike Week here in Daytona Beach. A quarter of a million visitors will be in our city uh, just for that those motorcycle events. They're already pouring in for NASCAR events this week is the Daytona 500 right here in Daytona Beach, Florida, and different events like that that's happening. And I uh, encourage you to be a part of those. Actually, we're taking another team. We've been going into New York City the last few years over Memorial Day weekend, and that's going to be uh, May 22nd through the 26th. I invite you to come and be a part of our Taking a Bite Out of the Big Apple Boot Camp in the Big Apple Outreach as well. We'd love to have you a part of that. That's men and women. Uh, uh, anybody that wants to come and be a part of that, we'd love to have you over that weekend. And guys, I just feel like God is sending people out into the harvest fields in response to that, that priest, high priestly prayer of Jesus in, in, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 36, 37, and 38. That, 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 that prayer didn't just fall dead on the ground, but that we're seeing God raise up harvesters in this last day uh, because the time is so short. And we'd love to, to have you a part of that. But once again, if you're doing something in your neighborhood or community that we need to be aware of, that we could either bathe it in prayer and encouragement or uh, some type of support, whether it's uh, physically or whatever, we would love to know about that as well because we know that by no means are we doing everything that's being done. Uh, we're just doing a small part of what's being done in the kingdom. But we would love to, to network with you in, in some capacity to see God do some tremendous things. One tremendous testimony that I wanted to share on this in this forum, because I may not get a chance to, to share it uh, in any other our, our programs, but we're, here we are going into New Orleans this past, uh, I guess it was a week ago yesterday, and, and really God had called us to a time, really, of a, of, I guess, lack of a better term, kind of a solemn assembly. And we're, we're coming through and, and, and we're just singing hallelujah to the Lord, and it's just really echoing through those, 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 those that, that French architecture and those, those uh, elevated uh, courtyards and buildings that are there in the French Quarter of New Orleans, those brick and cobblestone uh, streets, and you can just see it resounding through it. And as we're walking through it, a group of about 100, 125 people, you could just see the stunned look on people's faces because it's so obviously out of uh, character for what's going on in a place that it has devoted itself to, to, to reverie and debauchery for you know that carnival season. And so we're coming through and you can just see the look on people's faces and, and they don't know whether to, to, to join or mock or, or whatever. And it's, you can just see kind of the twisted confusion on people's faces as we go through praying and just lifting up the Lord and many people weeping in the process. But as we come into Jackson Square and we once again we just uh, kind of organize and we're going to march into uh, right to the corner of uh, uh, Jackson, uh, excuse me, of Bourbon Street and uh, St. Peter. Uh, Man, we're walking in singing, and when we get there, we all just uh, begin to worship the Lord and drop down on our knees and begin to, to to cry out to the Lord for the souls of those that are that are perishing. And, and you can just see just this protective cushion that the Lord puts around our team as well. And, and I know right then and there that God's about to do something miraculous. But one of the things that that just stand out in my mind is just how faithful that God is, and and how He has not changed, even though uh, people have changed and time has changed, the quote unquote church has changed. That He is the Lord God, and He does not change. There was a young man that uh, that some people were ministering to or trying to talk to that come to find out he was deaf. He could not hear. And he had been deaf from birth. And uh, some people started talking to him and couldn't couldn't talk to him, obviously, because he's deaf. And so brought over some uh, interpreters that we had with us, some girls that are that speak sign language fluently. And uh, I believe it was Pastor Sam began to witness to him. And uh, uh, he ended up giving his life to the Lord Jesus Christ through this sign language interpretation of the gospel. And Pastor Sam, once again, through the interpreter, asked if he would like to... Tyrone, thank you there, May. 
Tyrone was asked if he wanted to be prayed for healing for his ears. And uh, he obviously said yes, but once again, he didn't have anything to compare it to because he had never heard in his life. And I believe the young man's probably in his early to mid-twenties. And so uh, Pastor Sam and the team that was around there began to pray for him, and God unlocked his ears. God opened him, his, his ears up and bound that deaf and dumb spirit off of him. And what was interesting is, and I'm sitting there watching this unfold, he, he literally bent over at the waist because of the overwhelming influx of sound. Now, can you imagine living in a world of silence and, and never having that type of sensation visited upon you? Then all of a sudden, the sensation that you get and what you hear is Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras. You talk about overkill and, and, and pouring out of, of sound and, and a sensation upon you. And, uh, and, and suddenly he began to hear and he began to answer back. Pastor Sam began to talk into his ear and he began to utter as he could uh, with his obviously limited vocabulary, having never uh, spoken and heard words uh, articulated off of his own tongue. But guys, you know what? That's the day and age in which we live. And we've talked about it here in this forum, that, that God is wanting to... Uh, confirm his word in signs and wonders. If you remember, as we opened up, closed out 2007 and opened up the, uh, the 2008, one of the things that I said, I said, what we're going to begin to see as we walk in righteousness is God is going to continue to... Uh uh, to, 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 to confirm His Word with miracles and signs and wonders. And, and I said it wouldn't be happening in the, uh, in, the, in the church houses or behind stained glass windows, but we begin to see it out in the marketplace. And, and we're seeing those type of things. And, and the healing of Tyrone right there and having his ears unstopped and be able to hear is, is I believe that's just the, 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 the beginning of the, some of the miraculous things that we're going to see. And, and what was that? What, that came out of an atmosphere of righteousness. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so when we begin to humble ourselves and pray, you know, the Word of God promises that He will heal our land. And, and, and healing the land is not physically. It's, it's a spiritual and, uh, uh, healing that God brings into people's lives, uh, both spiritually and physically. And so, folks, I just want you to get ready because what we're going to do is we're going to begin to see God as we cry out to Him, as we're willing to, to soak our streets, so to speak, with our tears and begin to cry out to God for mercy. We're going to see Him confirm His Word, even as Mark 16 uh, uh, 15 through the end of that chapter shows that we'll lay hands on the sick and we'll see them recover. We'll cast out devils and speak with new tongues and we'll take up serpents and if we drink any deadly thing it will not harm us. And we'll preach the gospel everywhere with signs confirming the word of God. But it's only going to flow out of vessels that are willing to humble themselves and pray and repent and, and, and to believe God for miracles in this last day. Once again, not to entertain the church, but to, to, to be a proof positive to the lost and dying that there is a God that still sits upon the throne of glory and He is not scooting over for anyone. So I encourage you folks to, to continue to seek the face of God, to, to, to not just think that, hey, you did your fasting praying for the year because you did it in January, uh, but I really encourage you to just take those times of consecration and press in. Press in. If you're not satisfied with where you're at now, press in. If you're, if you're, you're wanting God to do some more things in your life and in your family and in your community, press in. Press into the presence of God. Get into God's Word and allow the Word of God to, to teach and to change and to transform you in a powerful way. So just want to say that about that outreach. Once again, some more testimonies and things are going to be coming out in the next few days and in the next week uh, concerning some of the testimonies of that. So, folks, uh, once again, if you're joining us, turn to the book of uh, Romans, the ninth chapter, verses, uh, what did I say that was, 27 and 28. Folks, in our last class, which uh, you may or may not remember it, maybe you, you, you went and brushed up on it by listening to the last one. But in our last class, we were really primarily dealing with uh, the subject matter being addressed by Paul the Apostle in verse 25 and 26 of Romans chapter 9, 
where he shows that the covenant that was made with Israel was never meant to be just an exclusionary covenant to the Jews only. But they were merely called to be that those initial recipients of that covenant so that it could be then extended to the Gentiles as well. Folks, listen, when you got saved, you didn't get saved just to have your little piece of the, the spiritual pie and you got your little niche cut out in glory and you know you got your little kingdom built there or your, your little mansion that's waiting on you one day. It, it, it wasn't an exclusionary thing for you. When we get born again, God deposits that, 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 that word of life, that testimony of Jesus, that born again experience for us to be carriers of that message to a lost and dying world. And so Paul was saying the exact same thing to the Jews. He said, listen, the, the reason that, that, that that, that Abram was called from, from Ur of the Chaldees. The reason he was called out and made a people was that he could become that, that specially trained unit, that, that his seed could be that people that are going to take a standard of righteousness. They're going to take the law of God. They're going to take and they're going to reveal that there is a God above all other gods and that his name is holy and his name is righteous. But it wasn't something that was exclusionary, something that they could hold on to themselves. But you see the same trap that they fell into is the same trap that the church has fallen into. It's almost this thing, well, maybe they'll see us and then they'll want a piece of it. Folks, listen, it's not that simple. It's through the, through the preaching of the gospel. It's through the testimony of Jesus that comes out of our life. And it's not this thing, well, you know what? We just need to kind of just let people choose what they want to. You know what? Given no choice, people are always going to choose evil because in our flesh dwells no good thing. But through the preaching of the Word of God, through bowing in the streets of New Orleans during Mardi Gras, what happens? We give people a choice. You know, they're out there and all their... their, their, their they're ensnared and they're uh, in, in, entangled by this, this, this great illusion of, of, of the, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And unless we go and we show them that there's a, a way, there's a greater way, and His name is Jesus, they're going to perish in their sins. But the Word of God says in Ezekiel 3 and, and, and 33, it says that their blood will be upon our hands. Folks, listen, we've been made watchmen just as Israel was made watchmen over the cities to, to warn them. And him quoting in verses 25 and 26, Paul the Apostle quoting from the prophet Hosea, he makes the point that the Jews were called as a people which were not a people. And so, obviously, he was referring to Abram's call and, and obviously that subsequent leaving the land of the Chaldees to follow God. And that the Gentiles were now being extended that same opportunity through the grace and mercy of God. Folks, listen. He was saying that, that they weren't a people. That they, that they didn't do anything special. Listen, we've talked about this in the past that Abram came from a people of the land of Nor that were, that were idolaters. They weren't anything great. You know, I can look at my, my life, my family, and I can say really it was just a life of idolatry. Now, did we carve uh, uh, images or anything else? No, but our idolatry took on many other facets. It took on the facets of selfishness. It took on uh, facets of false religion. It took on all those other things. But you know what? If, you're, if you were called out and you're, you're a born-again believer today that's following the Lord Jesus, you're no different than when Abram was called out of the land of the Chaldees and the people of Nor that were idolaters. And so he called them out and he said, I want to make a peace of a people who weren't a people. And, and so you can do something. That, and, and, and he gave that, and he's, he's telling the same thing, that the Gentiles are now given that same opportunity. And so he goes on to say, uh, in, in verse 26, he uses the term uh, from Hosea, and it says, it shall come to pass. And he uses that term interchangeably with the Jews and the Gentiles, I believe, to underscore the fact that, that whatever God wills to do, 
In the sense of, of providing an opportunity, and, and not in the sense of, of circumventing the free will of an individual, but whatever God wants to do, whatever the plan of God is, however He wants to extend these things, that, uh, that, that, that regardless of whether or not man, men feel that God should do it, He's going to do it. You know, there's probably people that you've seen or you know that you think to yourself, there's no way that person deserves mercy. But you know what? God is going to have mercy who God's going to have mercy upon. You might think that they've done something so... Uh, 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 repulsive that God could never forgive them. But folks, listen, God is going to show mercy. God is going to continue to extend those things even till the, to the nth hour of time until the, 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 really the splitting of the eastern skies and the return of His Son Jesus. God is going to do that. But when He says this, He says, It shall come to pass... You know what? It's going to come to pass. If God says, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. You know, uh, I, I remember people years ago, they'd always come up to you and they'd say something, you know, where they wouldn't give you a word. And they'd say, well, do you, want to bear wit- do you bear witness to that word I'm giving you? And some of you that have been involved in the Pentecostal charismatic movement, you know, there's really a period of time and you see that a lot of that rising back up. People will come and they'll say, well, i got a word for you. And they'll share something with you and they'll look at you and they'll say, so do you bear witness to that? And I've often told people, well, if God said it, it doesn't matter whether or not I bear witness to it or not. It's going to come to pass. And so what do you want me to do? Validate your word? What's going to validate that word is whether or not it happens. And so if it happens, praise God, you're speaking in agreement with the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't, you need to repent for being a, 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 a false preacher and a false prophet before the judgment of God comes upon you. And so uh, what he was saying is, Hosea was saying as the prophet of God, he said, it shall come to pass whether you like it or not, whether you want to receive it or not, whether you bear witness to it or not, whether you're going to line up with it or not. When God says something, it's going to happen. And the question is, is which side of it coming to pass are you going to be on? Now, can I, can I say that again? It's going to come to pass. Jesus is going to come, to, uh, is going to come again. Uh, judgment is going to come. But the question is, is, is which side are you going to be on if it's coming to pass? Are you going to be on the, the mercy side of what God said coming to pass? Or are you going to be upon the judgment side of what God said coming to pass? And folks, listen, that's the choice that each and every one of us have. God brings His Word to us. He, he brought it in the incarnation of Jesus. And we've studied this throughout the, the book of Romans. And the question is, are you going to be at that place of, of understanding Christ and, and receiving Him and repenting and walking in righteousness and receiving the benefits of mercy? Or are you going to reject that coming to pass? Or are you going to find yourself uh, tormented for all eternity? Because one of the two things are going to happen. And one of the things that I felt that, that the Holy Spirit was prompting me to tell people, uh, really the final night of our Mardi Gras outreach, and, and, and I think I'll continue to do it because I believe it's really a prophetic word for this hour, was, was out of the, what, what He spoke of in Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, when He says that every knee, whether it's in heaven or earth or under the earth, and every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so I would tell people, I would literally stop people, dozens upon dozens of people that night, and I would stop and grab hold of their hand and I'd say, listen, i got something to tell you. And they'd look at me like, what? They didn't know who I represented, what I was all about. And I said, do you not know that one day every knee is going to bow? And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And that you're either going to confess Him in faith on your way to heaven, or you're going to confess Him in rebellion on your way to hell. Which is it going to be? Folks, listen. One day, every single one of us are going to bow and confess. We're, we're going to see the, 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 the will of God, and we're going to find whether we're on the, 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 the receiving end of mercy on the will of God, or we're going to find ourselves on the receiving end of rebellion. And so, you know what? And, and I tell people, listen, the choice was theirs to make, and that, that might be their last opportunity to make that choice. And you know what was interesting about that, guys, is that it's amazing how such a simple statement, 
You know, many times when we get out there we at witnessing or whatever the situation is, you know, we, we, we want to will them in. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Or, you know, do you know Jesus loves you or whatever else? Folks, sometimes when we just cut to the chase about eternity, that you're going to have to bow and confess. And whether or not you want to bow your knee now, you're going to have to do it one day. And it's either going to be in faith to receive mercy, it's going to be in rebellion to receive judgment. But it's amazing to me that, that when I begin to share that with people, that, that how they just really kind of stopped. And, and over the course of several hours, that solemn warning just began to stir people. And, 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 and then there you had a person that, that would snicker or do anything else. You could just see it just brought the reality of it when it was spoken under the really the anointing and that opportunity that God, I believe, was given in that, that window of time. Folks, listen, we, we have been given the, the voice of a generation to, to speak to a people that were not a people, to speak to, to lost people that are lost and without hope, without Christ. But God has given us that voice, and God is, is wanting to stir up something of urgency inside of us to be even as Paul was crying out to, to his people, and even crying out to, to the Gentiles to, to, that, that it's time to, to repent and believe the gospel. Folks, listen, we've been given that exact same mandate in this day and age. And you know what, folks? I, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I, I talked about that, 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 that God was given that final warning on that night. But what was interesting and what really was harrowing to think about when we were out there in that environment, I believe one night alone that there were seven people that were, that were gunned down in the streets of New Orleans during Mardi Gras. Uh, that, that I believe two of them were killed and five of them were, were, were injured. I don't know the, the extent of their injuries or the circumstances around it. But in, the, in, in 29 days in New Orleans, there would have been 21 murders in 29 days. Now, do your math. If that holds true, it's going to be you know, devastating to, to see the many deaths that are in a place like that. And folks, listen, as many physical deaths as there are, there's many more spiritual deaths that are happening all around you because no one wants to rise up the, the standard of righteousness and preach the gospel. So Paul here in, in Romans chapter 9, he, what he wanted to do was underscore to the Jews that they were not some elitist group of people who were really on some free ride to glory. But they had been given a tremendous opportunity and as a result of that opportunity responsibility because of the covenant that God had made with Abraham and largely they had failed in their opportunity that God had given them. And so now in this next verse that we're going to be talking about this morning in, in detail is he's bringing them back home. He's saying, listen, I want to tell you something that you weren't some elitist group that, that it was only that, that God only gave that to you and, and everybody else can just go to hell. That, that he, was, he was using you and, and putting something in your life to extend that. And what's interesting in how he further does that. And really, I want you, because, you know, chances of us having a whole lot of Jewish listeners here today are probably pretty slim. Mostly, uh, we fall within the category of Gentiles, or though that God has extended the new covenant to. And, and I want you to see how the applicability of this applies to us as well. And for me, it, it, it chills me to the bone, and it really breaks my heart when I think about this. And here's what he says. I want you to look at verse 27 of Romans 9. And, and probably, if you've, if you've read the book of Romans a number of times, it would probably have been very easy for you to slip past this in times past. But I believe today that Romans 9.27 is going to completely have a, a totally different outlook for it and, and really a wake-up call. Here's what he said. He says, Isaiah also cried concerning Israel. And he said, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant shall be saved. And he said, Isaiah, he cried out concerning Israel. And he said, Even though the number was great, that only a remnant is going to be saved. Now, folks, if that doesn't just wake you up, you're talking about a people that have been given a covenant, a people that had been extended all the mercy and all the opportunities that, that, that anyone could ever imagine. 
But he said, even though that number is so great that there's only a small, very small amount that's actually going to come to him. They're going to, they're going to see the miracles. They're going to see the great wonders. They're going to see the deliverance from, from captivity. They're going to see things that, that we look at in such great awe. And we think, God, if I could have just been there, then I would have done it. But he's telling them in, in the midst of even that, that only a few would be saved. But, but think about folks in this day and age with, with what we talk about, the proliferation of the gospel and that the, 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 it's out through the airwaves. And you've got, we've got the freedom even in our nation. That I know that even though that there, there's there's so many that are they're filling up church houses and listen to to Christian programming and there's thousands that 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 will log onto this. I know that, that that it's the same voice that's crying out as it was cried out from Isaiah nine twenty seven. They said many are going to hear, many are going to uh, uh, have that. The numbers is going to be staggering, but the number that's actually going to be saved is just a remnant. And he said, but what does he say? He says that, 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 that Paul is really directing, once again, those comments back to Israel and the Jews to drive home a point to them. He said, listen, Isaiah was crying out for you. He was crying out for Israel. But folks, really, what does that mean? That word crying, and put it down in your notes, it's the word uh, kazo, and you, uh, K-A-Z-O. And, and it literally means an impassioned utterance, which is mostly inarticulate. It's an impassioned utterance which is mostly inarticulate. In other words, it's something that is there's there's such an anguish that's that's going out of that voice that there's no words that could possibly be formulated to speak and the, the, the utter desperation and the despair that was created because of that situation. It's a groaning that comes up from a, a helplessness and a and, and, and a grief that just cannot be eased regardless of, of what you say or, or what you think. It's just something that is just troubling. It's that it's that harrowing thought and a realization that, that you see the, 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 the mass and you see the multitude, but you know at the end of the day, it's just a, a remnant, that just a, a fraction of those are actually going to make it into the kingdom. And folks, when I think about what, what the, the, the numbers of people and the tens of thousands of folks that, that we saw lining the streets of, of, of Bourbon and, and the, 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 the interlocking streets there in the French Quarter, and I think about, you know, probably several hundred people came to the Lord Jesus uh, that, that night and, and many others may have made the decision for Christ after they went home and thought about it as that seed germinated in their spirit and they began to contemplate. You know, we won't know exactly the impact this side of eternity. But I know that regardless, if hundreds were, were saved, that, that tens of thousands of those people, people's sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and mom and dads are, are going to spend eternity forever separated from God. And, and, and it wasn't okay when, when Isaiah cried that out. And, and folks, it should not be okay for us as believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It should not be okay with us to know that. And it should create in us a, that, that same anguish and that same desperation and that same cry to say, God, you know what? Just, just give me the ability to speak to just one Lord God, can I just be that, that, that rescued voice, Lord God, for, for somebody that may be the voice for somebody that may be the, the voice for somebody, Lord God, and even though it be a remnant, Lord God, could you increase that remnant, Lord God, even though it may be a small number, Lord God, is there somehow, Lord God, that you can, you can bring that in? And even as we, we begin to prepare, as we hit those streets, and, and I think about it in this, one of the things the Lord had me share was just when... The angel of the Lord came and spoke unto to Abraham and began to talk about the destruction that would come upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and Abraham began to cry out, Lord, if you, if you found 50, would you, would you spare the city? And he, and he began to, to whittle that number down. And, and he finally he said, Lord God, if you just found 10, could you just find 10 righteous that you would spare that city? And, and folks, unfortunately, there was not even 10 righteous that was found in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and that, that city was obviously destroyed by, by, the, by the, the judgment of God because they found themselves on the wrong side of an opportunity. Folks, listen, can, can there not be found 10 righteous in your city? 
Can there not be found ten righteous in your neighborhood? Can there not be found ten righteous in your country or your state? And I believe that God is, is calling out and saying, can I just find somebody that would cry out in anguish? Somebody that would just cry out in mercy just to see lives and hearts change for the, for the, for the cause of Christ. And folks, listen. We, we've got to have that same thing because there's so many people that will miss the opportunity of the ages. And because of that, uh, we need to be inconsolable. We need to come to the point, listen, there, there's, there's no consolation. There's no saying, you know what, I can have my best life now. And, and folks, that's why I'm so repulsed by many of the things that are, that are taught through Christianity. I'm, I'm repulsed by it. And it's like, you know what, you can have your best life now. Seven ways to... A, and these false teachers, these blind leaders of the blind, do not represent the testimony of Jesus, when I see them shining behind their, 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 their shiny, pearly white teeth, grinning from ear to ear, refusing to mention hell, refusing to mention sin, refusing to... You know what I see? I, 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 see, I, I see the spirit of Antichrist. You know, it, it talks about they'll speak to you with great swelling words. Folks, i got news for you. These, these people that are propagating these things, though they call themselves Christians, though they, they use the terminology, though their, 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 their seed, their children be as the sand of the sea, though their congregations number in the tens of thousands there's just a remnant that's going to be saved there's just going to be just a small number of their followers that are actually ever going to get a hold of the gospel of Christ Jesus not because of them but in spite of them God is going to save them and folks listen we have got to begin to cry out with a voice really within our people within within the Gentiles within the, 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 the those that, that call themselves the church and call really people back to a time of holiness and of righteousness and so let me ask you a question today when was the last time that you were inconsolable because you knew that the judgment and the calamity of God was about to be unleashed upon an unbelieving individual? When's the last time? When's the last time rather than turning your head and just start thinking, you know, somebody just disgusts you, that their attitude... When's the last time that, that when somebody wronged you, that you just said, you know what, God, you're going to have to... I hope you get them back. Or, or somebody did something wrong to you or said something to you or caused you problems. That, that rather than crying out for their soul and anguish, saying, God, they don't know what they're doing. God, please have mercy upon them because I know that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a, of a living God. And, and, but instead of that and having anguish, saying, God, you've got to save them. You've got to, to transform them. Instead, you you had a disdain for them rather than crying out uh, concerning their hearts knowing that unless they repent they'll likewise perish when's the last time that was you folks this past week while we were ministering out there on the streets uh, during, during Mardi Gras I was called over by a team member to, to pray for a, a young lady that was on our team and they, they, they wanted me to pray for her her name's Beth and they said, Pastor, can you come pray for Beth? And I went over there and I noticed immediately that literally her eyes were swelled with tears and she was weeping uncontrollably. And so when I, there were several people standing around her trying to console her. And so I thought someone maybe had physically done something to her. Maybe somebody had, had hurt her or she was, had been injured in some way. And so I walked up to her and I immediately I said, Beth, what's wrong? And she looked at me and she said, Pastor, I'm just broken for these people. And folks, so I didn't pray for her. I looked at her and I said, Beth, that's good. You need to stay broken. Folks, isn't it interesting that we want to console people that are crying out for the lost and the dying? We think that there's something wrong. No. Folks, there's something right when we can weep for the lost. There's something wrong when we walk through. We have this dry-eyed religion and we, 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 we think we can talk to somebody about our Christianity without our eyes wet with tears. And we think that, that it's okay for somebody to die and go to hell that we're so, so inclined to be right rather than righteous. Yeah, there's people that can stand up behind a pulpit and they can say things that are right. But I tell you what, the, 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 the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. What God wants people to do is to have a heart that's broken. And, and, and you can call out sin when your heart's 
broken for people. And so if you think that you can stand and, and give some legalistic message to someone and call them out without being broken for them, who do you think you are? Isaiah the prophet didn't do that. We've got to, we've got, we can, you can say whatever you want to to someone if, if you're willing to lay down your life to, for someone. You, you, you can confront someone with sin if, if you're willing in desperation to call out for them, not with the, the snideness of trying to prove your point or not with the, the, the cavalier attitude or I'm going to show them or I'm going to dress them down or, or, or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the big man or I'm going to prove them wrong. Folks, listen, we're not, we're not here to prove people wrong. We're here to preach a gospel that's right, to, to reconcile people unto our Father so they might experience the same things that we do. And sometimes you may just have to grab somebody literally by their lapels and, and, and through, through, through tear-stained eyes begin to cry out to them, come on, please, repent and believe the gospel. Believe Jesus. You know, I saw my daughter Kayla, 16 going on 17 years old. I saw her do it that several, several times this past week. Literally grab people and begin to cry through through just a brokenness and say, please don't die here. Your, your sin, please don't go to hell. And just just desperately pleading for them and then walk away. And I, I see her literally drop to the to the sin-soaked streets of, 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 of New Orleans on her knees and begin to, to writhe in, 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 in trepidation and just and just and, and just crying out in fear, knowing that they're about to fall into the hands of an angry God. Folks, listen, that is the problem the world has with the church. You know, we preach a message and we tell them that, that if they don't get saved, they're going to hell. But we say that with a smile on our face. We say that with almost a di- totally disbelief on our on our own account, not believing that, listen, that, 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 that this person doesn't hear that message, that in a minute they might be one of those ones that are going to suddenly slip into eternity, that there's got to be a desperation birthed out of a heart that knows that, 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 that life is like a vapor that's here one moment, it's going to slip from them, they're going to stand one day before a, a holy and righteous God, and unless they're, they've been uh, bought by the blood of Jesus through faith in the finished work of Christ, that He's going to speak to them and He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. And they're going to be finding themselves in a devil's hell for eternity, suffering totally departed from God. But folks, listen, we've got the answer. We've got the antidote. We've got the solution to those problems. And that answer is the Word of God. It's the preaching of God under the brokenness of the Spirit of God, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's going to speak and pierce people's hearts with with the Gospel of Jesus Christ. God is calling and raising up a prophetic voice in this hour that's willing to, to cry aloud, that's willing to, to speak even if the words are indistinguishable, even the words are uh, uh, unutterable, even if you find yourself unconsolable in your, in your, in your lament towards people. That, that, that God is waiting for us literally to baptize this world with, with, with our tears and with, with our crying out. Folks, unless we do that, listen, we can't expect it. And we can't shake our fist at the law. We can't shake our fist at the, at the child molester unless we're willing to cry for the child molester. We can't, we can't be, uh, uh, find uh, the, the drunkard or the drug addict repulsive unless we're willing to, 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 to cry out in anguish for the drug addict and, and the broken or, or whoever it may be that, that God has put at the, the, the hard-hearted, uh, uh, pride-filled, businessman. Folks, listen, we can't cry out against that sin unless we're willing to weep and to, to soak that sin with our tears and say, God, please, you've got to change it and transform them, them lives. And so, folks, that's exactly what, what he was trying to do. And, you know, folks, listen, many times what we're trying to do is we, we want to console it. We want to console uh, ourselves so we don't feel that way. Folks, listen, what God is calling out for is a people that are willing to be broken. We, we're wanting to take the opportunity to cry out for a people. And folks, listen, How can we walk the streets of our neighborhoods? How can we walk these places without crying out in anguish in the things that we see? Or how can we walk into most churches? Can I bring it that close to home to us? How can we walk into most churches and not cry out in anguish because of the things that we see in here? Folks, listen. 
I preached the gospel for 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 twenty something years. I preached it. I, I preached it around the world, literally. But you know, I, I find myself more and more difficult to even go in and preach in churches anymore. I really do. And when I say churches, I mean the physical structure of the church, because I know that many times that when you leave, that uh, that it's it's the, that that word of truth and of holiness and righteousness, it's not going to be followed up because the, the pastor, in order to, to to pad the offerings, he's going to have to think, man, we that was real good last week, but you know we can't do that because if we tell people that they got to go out, maybe they, they 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 won't need me anymore. Maybe they won't write their checks anymore. Maybe they'll they'll cry out. Maybe I'll have to change my message, and maybe uh, maybe we'll lose numbers or whatever else. But folks, I, many times I can't even go to those places, and I, I can't even seek out those type of opportunities anymore because my my heart cries out in anguish at the calamity of those places. You know, I, I may start going back to churches and preaching, not inside, but on the steps of the churches, and crying out for for repentance. Listen, folks. The, the probably the greatest uh, mission field and the place that, that needs to be in desperation is probably standing flat-footed in the parking lots or on the street corners of, of the megachurches of America crying out to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and, and crying against that, that dry-eyed self-help, uh, a feel-good message that's, that's, that's literally desensitizing people to the holiness of God. And, and we see it so oftentimes. We see people that are going to the streets and saying, Listen, I'm okay because I go to such and such church, or or I'm okay because I I do this, or I'm okay because I'm part of this 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 organization. Folks, they're not okay. They are not okay, and it's our responsibility to be messengers of light, to be those that that are that are like the the, the city that's set on a hill and, and shining light into the midst of darkness. And so, we how can we walk into those churches? How can we walk into those places and, and not hear or not or not cry out to those places? And here's why. Here's what he goes on to say in Romans nine twenty seven. He says, Isaiah also cried concerning Israel. He cried concerning those people. And here's what he said: Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. And he said. This, he said, despite the fact that they were the children of Abraham or the children of Sarah, they were part of that covenant and declared that they believed in it. Now, think about that. You know, you'll run. You, he would have ran into people that said, "We we believe. We we serve the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob." They would have declared that. They would have said all the right uh, 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 nomenclature. They would have said the right words. They would have made the right declarations. They would have said the things. They, if he would have asked them, "Do you go to? Do you go to 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 to, to the temple? Do you do you worship?" Yes, they would have all answered the right things. They would have said, "We go through the right motions." And, and he declared. He said, "Even though they did those things, even though they 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 they, they didn't uh, worship strange gods, even though they they." They kept themselves ceremonial clean and all that. He called them out. And he said, even though your numbers are like the sands of the sea. And he said, even though it was your life, even though everything around you was, was about the right dietary laws and about the right ceremonial observances of these things. He says, even in the midst of that, that only a remnant would be saved. Now think about that, folks. The folks that would go in and they would wash their hands rightly, they would eat the right things, they would anoint themselves in the right ways, they would go in and they'd say and repeat the the right prayers and they would do the same things. He said, all of you that seem to be doing the right thing, out of that number, he said, only a remnant would be saved. Now, I want you to think about something for a minute. And here's something that most people want to avoid. Millions, millions, millions of the Jews laid claim to the covenant and thought that they had the benefits of the covenant, but they were totally mistaken. Think about that. Yeah. Millions upon millions of these people that, that weren't as lackadaisical even as modern Christians. 
But these were people that they were easily identified. They were identified by their dress, by their, their actions, by their words, by the things that they did. They were easily identified, much more easily identified than most, most people that claim to be Christians. But even in the midst of that, 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 just a remnant, they were sorely mistaken that thought just because they were easily identified that they were okay. Now folks, think about this. Matthew 7.21. He was seeking that same audience here in the Gospel of Matthew. Not everyone. How many? Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, so enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Not everyone that lays claim to being a member of an organization. Then he goes on to say in Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14, and it says, And Jesus answered and spoken to them again by a parable. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. And he sent forth his servants to call them which were bidden to the wedding, and that they, but they would not come. And he's given a picture, folks, of the Jewish people. But you can see that, that type coming to the church. Folks, listen. What did he do this past week when we went to New Orleans? He called certain of his servants. And he called them to go out. And he said, listen, I want you to go out and invite them to the, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want them to come to the wedding of my son. Folks, listen. We go out and preach the gospel. We go out and witness. What are we doing? We're going out as the servants of God to invite people to the wedding. But he said, many that were called and bidden. He said, but few. He said, but they would not come. And again, he sent forth other servants. Tell them which are bidden. Tell them which are invited. Behold, I've prepared my dinner. And my oxen and my fatlings are killed. And all the things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Come on, Jesus has got a plan for you. Come on, God wants to change your life. He's, he's prepared something for you that eye has not seen, ear has not heard. But they made light of it and went their way. Now, how many hundreds and hundreds of people have you seen that happen to? Folks, over the years, listen, I've gone out and preached the gospel through tears. I've invited them to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I've invited them to the wedding feast of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you saw people make light of it. I think about the young man this past week that we were standing out in front of a local nightclub. Uh, two o'clock in the morning, and he came out with a big tall friend of his eventually. And he said he was a believer. And, and I began to just nail him down on his faith and began to say, you're going to have to show me. You're going to have to declare it. You're going to have to give testimony. And, you know, because the Word says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirit whether they're of God. Because many religious impostors are going into the world. And he said, well, I'm going to, so I'm going to have to show you my faith. Absolutely. The Word tells you to do that. In Matthew chapter 7, it tells you to do that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it tells you to do that throughout the Word of God. To, to give an, an answer. Be ready to give an answer to any man that would ask of you. And so I called him out on that. But he didn't have an answer. He had to make light of it. You know why? Because he thought just because he had got quote-unquote baptized one day, because he had walked an aisle and joined a church, because some, some, somebody in some uh, uh, fundamental church or, or even somebody in, 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 in some uh, evangelical church told him, well, you know, you're, once you got saved, you're always saved and you're okay. Folks, listen, he, he, he said, Lord, Lord, but he did not know Jesus. That was, that was very evident within a few minutes. Then his friend comes out. He's a total blasphemer. Doesn't believe in God. Doesn't believe the Bible. And you found him instantaneously wanting to align himself with a heathen and a heretic. Folks, listen. That, that is the, the repudiation of people that is making light of the gospel. It says, and they went their ways. And that's exactly what he said here in verse 5 of Matthew 22. Went their way, one to his farm, one to his merchandise, one to his business. They went on doing what they wanted to do. But folks, listen. There was another testimony. There was a lady that came by, and I stopped her. It was a, it was a lady in probably her 40s, probably around my age, that had three uh, uh, young, late teens, early 20 young women with her, and they were about to go in the club, and I just stopped her. And I told her the exact same thing. I said, do you not know that every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? And you can see it hit her. It lit on her. 
And she said, well, yeah, I know that. And so I just continued to give the word and everything. I'd say, you know, you're right. And she'd try to say something. I'd say, no, no, no. Either I'm right or I'm wrong. Well, you're right. I can't say anything. And so I began to preach the word to her. And she said, well, they're just in from out of town. And I was going to take them. They wanted to come out here to the club and dance and whatnot. And so I told her, I said, I just need, I need to pray for you. And she said, okay. And I began to pray for her. And I began to, 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 to pray that, that God would convict her, that God would touch her, that God would strengthen her in her weakness and in her backsliding, that God would heal her backsliding. And I just began to pray in the Spirit. You don't understand that? I began to speak in other tongues. The Spirit of God gave the utterance over her. And the Spirit of God fell. And boom! She began to cry out in the same exact way. God began to move upon her. And she began to get filled up with that same Spirit. And afterwards I prayed for her. And she said, and you could tell she was moved, but she still found herself, like, the, like Paul said, are you caught in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a fix? Are you caught in a straight betwixt two? Are you between a rock and a hard place, so to speak? And she said, well, I, I guess because they, they came in from out of town, maybe I'll just go in with them and watch. And I told her, I said, listen, don't be like the rich young ruler. Who, who, who said he did everything except one thing. And God called him out on that one thing. I'm calling you out just like he was called out. And I'm saying, don't go into that place. Keep that one command. And I said, I don't want you tonight to walk away sorrowful. I don't want you to walk into that place sorrowful thinking, you know what, God told me to do that one thing and I denied him. And without saying anything, she motioned back to, her, to these girls that were with her. And she told them to come on. And she said, thank you. And began to walk down the sidewalk away from this nightclub. Folks, listen, I thank God that there's still a remnant. But what had what if we had not been there? What if we had said, man, we're, we're so tired from being out on the streets, traveling and all these things, and the last week in another city. You know, we're, we don't feel good. We're weak. You know, we're battling these things ourselves. What if, what, if we had, what if we had used that as an excuse and we hadn't stopped her? You know, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know if, if, if one of those girls might have been victimized. I don't, I don't know what may have happened in that situation. But you know what I'm grateful for? That I don't have to wonder about that. I know that I was there. I was crying out like Isaiah cried out. What, what, what Paul quotes him in, in, in Romans 9.27 that, that there was a voice that was willing to say, you know what, you may make light of it, but I'm going to tell you. You may go your own way, but I've still got to tell you. you. You may not want to hear it, but I'm still going to tell you through a desperation and a, and a plea. I'm going to do that. And it says in verse 6, and it says, And the remnant took his servants and it treated them. In other words, those people that rejected them. This is not the same remnant we're talking about. It says they, they treated them spitefully and they slew them. They killed him. Folks, listen, you're going to go and you're going to be despised. And there's going to be a few people out there that are just going to walk away. But there's going to be a few of them that want to beat you up. We had, a, we had Donna from Raven East Coast that was literally physically assaulted by a young woman multiple times in one night. She was thrown down. She was slapped. She was punched. But every time she was, she said, listen, I still love you. I still love you. I'm still praying for you. I'm still believing God for it. It says, but when the king, uh, king heard this, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. And he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. He said, go therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, he said, invite them to the marriage. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they were found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came to see the guests, he saw that there was a man which did not have a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, he said, How did you come in and you didn't even have a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to his servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Folks, there's going to be some that show up thinking that they're Christian. There are going to be some that show up thinking that they are entitled to, to get into the kingdom. But he's going to look at them who called himself the friend of sinners. He'll call him a friend. He's going to say, listen, I loved you. He said, I, I considered myself the friend of sinners. But, but a friend doesn't say you're okay. A friend recognizes that you're not clothed with the right wedding garment. 
And a friend will say, listen, I'm sorry. Even though I loved you, even though I gave my life for you, even though I told you this testimony, you're not welcome here because you wanted to be clothed with your own understanding, your own will, and not with a wedding garment of faith. Folks, listen. There's many that are going to show up, but many are called, but very few are chosen. He talked about in Romans 9.27 that remnant. That remnant literally means a very few in number. A small amount. And you know, we think about that and consider it in America. There's a hundred million people in the United States of America who claim to be born again. Not just the general Christians or not just whatever, but claim the title of being born again believers. And in the world, there's two billion people that claim to be Christians. About half of those are Catholic and about half of those are Protestant. But folks, think about that. Most of them are not really saved. Of that two billion people that think they're okay because some... uh, 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 white-toothed televangelist or some, uh, uh, some lukewarm preacher from a pulpit told them that they were okay. They filled them up in the stadium and said, well, come on forward. And, and they, they boasted of these great numbers. And they said, just pray this quick Christian prayer. Or just get them to pray the prayer. Folks, stop getting people to pray the prayer. Do you hear me? Stop saying, you know what, I'm successful. I got them to pray the prayer. Folks, listen, that the prayer never saves anyone unless their, their heart is broken in, in belief towards God. The, the, the prayer only comes out of a believing heart. The, 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 the mouth has got to speak out of the abundance of the heart. You can't somehow trick people into the kingdom through, 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 through some type of Christian mantra. You, you've got to see, I would rather someone be broken before God and, and having this, this inutterable anguish in their heart crying out to Jesus and never hearing them repeat the, my, my token Roman road to salvation than to have them say that and walk in the same desperation and think they're okay. Quit aiming for, for, uh, for a decision and start pointing people towards repentance because unless they repent, They'll perish. Not unless they pray the prayer. Your your magic prayer will never save anyone. Your magic church membership or your magic dip into the chilly waters of a baptismal tank are not going to change and transform anyone. It's going to be an encounter with the holiness of Jesus and becoming undone and realizing that that you're unclean and you're in desperation. That He's not just some option that's going to make your life better. That that, that God doesn't have a a wonderful plan for your life, but He's got a wonderful plan for your death. That, That He says if you want to come to me, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross or that instrument of your own your own demise and follow after Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and brought us the way that, that leads to destruction. Where? To destruction, and many there are that go in thereof. And he said, But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads to life, and few there be. There's just a remnant that are going to find it. And folks, listen. Why is it that most professing believers refuse to cry in anguish at the judgment that's about to come upon the multitudes? You know why they won't? Because they're lost too. It says in Romans 9.28, the next verse. It says, He will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. You know, you think about that word work. That word actually work in the Greek (coughs) should have been translated word because it's the word logos. And so what he's saying, he will finish what he has spoken. Everything that he's spoken is going to come to pass. Whether it's mercy or whether it's judgment, it's going to come to pass. So it would be better to say, he will finish that word and he will cut it short in righteousness because a short word will the Lord make upon the the earth. And what he's specifically speaking about in relationship to the Jews in verses uh, 27 to 28, he's talking about those days of tribulation that's going to come upon that people. And he says in Matthew 24, 22, he says, except those days be shortened, 
He said, There will be no flesh shall be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Folks, listen. That, that, that logos is that spoken word. And what God said, said it from the beginning. It's going to come to pass. Whether you want to find yourself on the receiving end of mercy, upon the receiving end of utterance. That prophetic utterance that God has spoke forth from, 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 from the ages past is going to come to pass. Folks, listen, I'm so sorry. We are totally out of time this morning, but we will be back here tomorrow at the same time at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we continue our study in the book of Romans. But literally, I want to ask you just to continue to cry and cry out to the Lord Jesus. Break my heart for the lost and dying because, folks, they're waiting for us to show out. They're waiting for us to go out through those soaked eyes and cry out in anguish for their souls. Folks, I've got one bit of advice for you today, as I always do. Get into God's Word, and God's Word will get into you.